Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. College sports should work very hard to make extremely serious penalties to any coach that tampers. With SI's Pat Forty. Players are getting money, oh my God. But meanwhile, we need nine analysts over here. <laughs> we need the recruiting support staff. Here's Pat and Dan. Right, welcome to the pod and Pat. We've got tumult, our favorite, our favorite topic, tumult. <laughs> yes, we live for tumult and boy, do we got it. We got it. It's early May and we've got tumult. <laughs> we've got accusations, transfers, portals, who knows, NIL deals, money, people saying the sport's doomed and dead, all <laughs> sorts of uh, chicken littles out there. It's just oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Podcast content gods. Yes. I had somebody out. I was been out of Churchill Downs every morning and I had somebody say, boy, this time of year, it's kind of tough to come up with podcast stuff for you guys. And then it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. The portal giveth. Yeah. Jordan Addison, Litnikoff winner. 100 catches last year at Pitt, about almost 1,600 yards, 17 touchdowns. Dude's a total stud. Going to be one of the top two returning uh, it's probably, I mean, he's the number one returning wide receiver, certainly high draft pick, all of that, is apparently leaving Pitt. Now, we say this, we are taping uh, Monday morning, late morning. His name has not appeared in the portal yet. He had until, uh, everyone had until Sunday to put their name in the portal and be eligible to play the 2022 season. If you waited past Sunday, you are not, you can enter the portal, but you will not be able to play the 2022 season in the fall. Now. You can put your name in and Pitt does not have to put it out or any school. They have two business days or 48 hours to announce it. So he has not been announced yet, but we're presuming he will. All the stories, all the rumors, all the reports have him going to the University of Southern California. Uh, enough so that there was an ESPN report that Pat Narduzzi, the Pitt coach, was calling uh, Lincoln Riley, the USC coach, inquiring about tampering. They're angry at Pitt. Obviously, how the hell can a guy transfer when he hasn't been put in the portal? There's supposed to be a process here. Uh, all fair game. So a lot of bad blood there. Uh, and there are also these reports that he's transferring because of a huge NIL deal, which also would be quite a thing to have all set up before a guy actually even enters the portal. <laughs> so I, to me, there are two levels to this story. One is the reasonable parts and one is the hysteria. Oh, we'll do both. 
Yeah, oh, well, we'll do both. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll give you the floor here. Thoughts on this Jordan Addison situation. Ongoing saga. That's what we like to call it. The Jordan Addison ongoing saga. Matt. It is ongoing, simmering, uh, and potentially ready to reach a boiling point if and when his name appears in the portal. Because Pittsburgh obviously has gone on the offensive here by making this public that they believe that he's going to transfer or is entertaining it and publicly naming USC and Pat Narduzzi is calling Lincoln Riley and USC might actually need to think of changing their initials to UTP University of the Transfer Portal because they are they have just been making incredible amount of hay there uh, since Riley got there I mean they they have raided Oklahoma they took a great running back from Oregon. They've got other players from elsewhere. And now if you add if you add him and the receiver Mario Williams from Oklahoma, holy moly, that offense is now loaded. You could rebuild uh, in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. All you need is a couple blockers. Keep uh, Caleb Williams okay. And, and you got stuff going on there. So from a football standpoint, wow. I mean, look out for them. And, and I feel badly for Pittsburgh because you have, they built their – program up now they win the ACC for the first time you lose Kenny Pickett but transfer for portal giveth transfer portal taketh away they got Keaton Slovis from USC to come in as a real high quality transfer quarterback and they were envisioning him throwing deep spirals to Jordan Addison who now may be catching them at Keaton Slovis's old school so you know from a football standpoint this is a big big deal for both schools for sure and you can understand, I guess, why Pittsburgh would try to kick up as big a dust cloud as humanly possible around this to draw scrutiny to it, to create heat, controversy, discomfort, and maybe change Jordan Addison's mind. So that's my take on the reasonable side of it, at least in terms of football. All right. How about this part? I think this part would also be reasonable. Was there tampering? Okay. Uh, well, I would say there certainly does appear to have been tampering. Now, but, but somebody define tampering for me, okay? Because supposedly, allegedly, Caleb Williams is good friends with Jordan Addison. And if Caleb Williams wants to call Jordan Addison and say, hey, you want to play for us? Uh, you know, I, I, I have a reasonable assumption that my coaches would be happy to see you in Cardinal and Gold should you come out here. Uh, is that tampering? I don't know. I'm not sure it should be. But if you then take it to the level of, hey, you want to come play with us? And here's exactly the deal that we can lay out for you to come, then you are tampering, in my opinion. So I, I wouldn't blame Narduzzi for getting mad, and I would actually congratulate him because I have heard 1,050 coaches in the years say, complain about tampering but never say anything on the record. So if he's going to actually go public with it, good. Well, I'm not going to bore you with the uh, exact parlance, but the basic thing is the schools, the coaches, are not free to contact the individual until a student-athlete's name is in the database, the portal. Okay. Okay. Until mm -hmm. then, you can't contact his parents, things like that. Players do whatever the hell they want. Yep. And this is where it gets very dicey. What is the 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 NIL collective guy, the business guy? Can he contact? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're behind on this. Shocking. Shocking that they are behind yeah, on but, this. But but this is what they want, including coaches. Tampering is a level two violation. So it doesn't even matter. And coaches have always been complaining about tampering, but they all tamper. So, like, what is tampering, right? Now, I would say this with Pitt. I, I feel for Pitt because they got a guy getting, you know, there's probably been tampering. 
They're going to lose the great player. Very disappointing. And college sports should work very hard to make extremely serious penalties to any coach that tampers. Now, you got to prove they tamper. They'll probably be able to work around it, but it doesn't matter. On the books should be significant penalties. So you cannot be caught talking to their high school coach about, hey, how's Johnny looking over there? Maybe he'd want to come to our place. You can't contact this player. Maybe there's a period around the portal where you can't talk to their co- their high their, their parents or you better have a pre-existing relationship with a parent. Whatever it is, it's got to be significant. There will still be tampering, but the, the penalty should be like 10 scholarships gone and the coach has got a five-year uh, show cause and we should be able to wrap this in like three weeks. Right. Because we can get everybody's cell phone records and emails and boom. The NFL, there's tons of tamper, okay? But they have very serious rules on it to try to curb it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years ago, Kansas City Chiefs got caught uh, talking to Jeremy uh, Macklin before the, the, per, the allowed period of negotiations. They lost a third-round pick, a sixth-round pick, got fined a quarter million, Andy Reid got fined. The general manager got fined, right? You lose two draft yeah. picks. Yeah, that's You're going to tell everyone on your staff, we ain't tampering. Right. And if you absolute, they should absolutely hammer anyone who tampers. That is a coach violation. Right. And that, it's good for the game. And there should be no excuse, except all the coaches tamper so they don't push for this. Right. It should be a level one crush you. And so yeah. if SC is in it at all, busted and if it's harsh enough enough of these guys will be so scared of doing it and the head coach will be so determined to prohibit it they will not be tampering okay so that part should not be allowed however if you enter the portal you're going to enter the portal and eventually you're going to talk to usc so it's it's not that big of a deal but to me there is no excuse to not go hardcore on tampering except per usual this is a coach violation, so the coaches don't, the NCAA doesn't want to punish the coaches for stuff that they all do, or many of them do. But if a player did something, right, this is this is like the this is the old NCA, right? Right. Yes. Coach, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. shouldn't have done that. Level two, player calls home on a on a on a on a you know long distance code, you're you're done for 10 games. So that part I think is very, very legit. However, Everything else for Pitt, it's just a tough deal. Right. So now, but here, I think, what, how do you control your third-party collective in terms of their tampering? I don't know that you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, there would be legal. There would be a very, you know, can you stop one citizen from talking to another? If you're well, the third-party collective, do you have to register? Is there enough of a punishment that the coaches are, like, these guys are going to want to do whatever's good for the school, right? Right. So I don't know that exactly. Yeah. I don't have an answer. But whatever you can do, do it. Yeah. No, because you're right. Because, look, this is, as people have said, this is unregulated enough. And right. now you're just going to go in and just uh, brazenly tamper with other people's players. Then you, 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 you've completely lost all the bounds here. And as you said, I mean, the coaches get so mad about tampering, but then they don't talk about it publicly because they're all doing it. And so in terms of, yeah, the NCAA has been flailing for meaningful penalties to involve parties who are still part of a school so they're not penalizing players after they have left for something that happened five years ago. This would be one of those. Go nail the coach. 
who's involved right now. As you said, they shouldn't take a 10-month investigation. It should be a much quicker thing. The question is, can the NCAA enforce anything right now? I, I have my doubts. It doesn't take much, and you curb it. Again, you will not yeah. end this. Right. The guy's going to have a burner phone. Gonna do, but The NFL once investigated Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner, because in a story on ESPN, someone, uh, I think it was Don Vanata, was doing like a behind-the-scenes story with him. He's, he, he's with him. Someone hands Jerry Jones a phone, Adrian Peterson. He was talking to Adrian Peterson, right? And he hands Jerry Jones the phone. He says, hey, Adrian wants to talk to you. And Jerry takes the phone, kind of to be polite. Adrian says, hey, one day I'd love to come play with you. The quote is, well, I understand, Adrian. I'd like that too. Well, I love your story. I love your daddy's story. I've always respected what you've been about. I've always been a fan of yours. Now, they did not punish the Cowboys for that, but they investigated it. Mm -hmm. That ain't real. You know, that's, I'd like that too. Yeah. Uh, right. And Jerry Jones, who probably would tamper if he could and probably tampered seven <laughs> other ways. But <laughs> yes. on this particular incident, well, you know, it's kind of like a polite call. It's like the bump, right? Right. Like that they is used a to bump say, rule you violation. can't talk to someone. And some poor mom is like, hey, coach, how are you? Yeah. And you got to like, yes, buzz by him. Right. So you can say, hey, good to see you, ma'am. And walk off. But so I, to me, tampering should be a serious violation. But that doesn't change the fact that guys like this is just the situation that we're in yeah. where, where guys want to transfer and people want to, you know, I, 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 there was been a huge reaction on this. Yes, boy. How's I don't that? know. It seems like an oversized reaction to me. I, thoughts on that, I guess. Yeah. Is this where we're getting past the rational and then? The, yeah, uh, let's go to the yes. irrational. Enough let's with the rational. I think everyone hysterics. would agree with our rational. I would hope so. If don't you don't, tamper. let us know. But. Yes, from the hysterical side, oh, my God. I mean, like, this is the one, I think, the cumulative effect. Nigel Pack, the $800,000 K-State to Miami guard in basketball, uh, and a couple other things, and now this Addison thing uh, in the middle of the draft has kind of, I, I think we have hit a critical mass for people who really didn't feel very comfortable with players getting compensated to begin with. And we had... A very somber but strongly worded, while still vague, uh, video from Aaron Taylor, the former Notre Dame Hall of Fame college uh, tackle. I mean, really a great player and a thoughtful guy. And then we had Matt Barry, the uh, ESPN anchor who went, I thought, way like Cassandra here, like scolding people for screaming too much about players getting stuff. And now look what's happened. Uh, so we've got that out there to which I say... <laughs> You cannot blame this on the people who now have pushed the envelope to get player compensation and player free agency, basically, because the, this thought that, well, we rushed into this before we were ready. Oh, really? We rushed into this? <laughs> rushed? This has been 70 years coming, man. 70 years of student athlete, of amateurism, of you'll get nothing and like it of we are uh, protesting against your lawsuit. We're blocking everything we can. We're suspending Todd Gurley for selling a jersey. We're doing everything possible to keep the players under our thumb as long as possible. And then once they wriggled free, now, oh my gosh, look at this. Oh no, what are we going to do? Come on, man. You had a chance to come up with reasonable legislation so long ago, never did it. Everybody dragged their feet. Everybody resisted. From an institutional standpoint, 
And so then when you break through, look, it's pretty hard to put that wall back up. When the flood breaks the dam, the dam doesn't go back together real easily. So now here we are. And welcome to the flood. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, we've been through this. I mean, this was coming. They dragged their feet. Lawsuits, the legal defense of, of not giving a thing, fighting stipends and then crying and claiming that uh, it'd be unfair because not every school has the same cost of living. So the stipends weren't going to be the same. That was going to end college football. A couple hundred bucks here or there. Jim Delaney trying to claim that the Big Ten would go D3. <laughs> I think that was the best out of all this. I mean, you know. Hey, Jim Delaney I mean, fought point, on the front lines like, against this as long as and as hard as anybody. Literally nothing. Yeah, the, the Jim Delaney who got a $20 million bonus. The Jim Delaney who was the most powerful man in college sports and fought tooth and nail against anyone making a buck except him and his buddies. <laughs> 20 uh, million. Did, <laughs> did I see sports center hosts going? That's absurd. He already makes millions. Yeah. Right. No. Okay. $20 million. The man made on a bonus because he, he negotiated a TV deal. That's his job. He's the commissioner, okay? And he's the one fought everything. And we can put a lot of Mark Emmert, and if you think we're defending Mark Emmert, go tune into the last pod. Okay? <laughs> we're not. But this is on Delaney and and uh, Swafford and Mike's. Uh -huh. All these old guys didn't do crap for these. They didn't do enough. And some nope. of them overwhelmingly fought it like Delaney. And then, oh. I'm good for 20 million. Why not? What? What? There's a, okay. This is just how it is. Okay. People complaining that was the end of the world. I looked up this on, a, on their bowl cronies that they're just going to hand the playoff to again, the sugar bowl this year or 2020 sugar bowls, tax returns. Jeff Hundley, the CEO of the sugar bowl made $710,000 to run the one game. Sweet. The former CEO, Paul Houlihan made 1.7 million. What? I don't know why. Just did. Orange oh. Bowl, 800 grand. Cotton Bowl, 1.1 million. And we're going to care about this. Now, I get it. That's all behind the scenes, so the fans don't really care. But the people in charge know what goes on. Sure. They know they've made millionaires out of guys because they're handing them the most valuable product. They know guys like Jim Delaney just signed up for tens of millions of dollars in bonuses. And now everyone's screaming like a hyena. <laughs> okay. You know what happened to Pitt this offseason? Offensive coordinator Mark Whipple left for Nebraska. Better job. More money. Yep. Wide receiver coach Brennan Marion left for Texas. Better job. More money. The player wants to leave to go play at USC in a pass-happy offense. Spend his final collegiate year, presumably, out in L.A. Catching passes from the presumptive number one pick quarterback of the 2024 draft. Or certainly one hell of a quarterback. And being a part of the Trojans. And let's say there's money involved. What are we doing? This is the end of the world? Yeah. <laughs> because the big schools will just take from the small. Well, the transfer portal comes both ways. Pitt can take thing. Keep your staff. Keep your players. I don't know. I feel bad for the Pitt fan. I get it. This isn't what anybody wants. No one likes free agency. But Kurt Flood got free agency going in baseball like 50-something years ago. Yep. And it didn't end it. The sport it will not. go on. There is this chicken little screaming that the world is ending. And I understand media and understand the greatest way to get 
attention and ratings and whatever you're trying to do is to tell people the world is ending. <laughs> the hurricane is about to hit. You know when they get the highest ratings on TV? When a hurricane's about to hit. Because sure. everybody tunes in and goes, is the hurricane going to kill me? That's right. So TV, especially cable news, I don't care what one you're watching, is predicated on a hurricane coming every 15 minutes. So you keep Absolutely. watching. Yep. The world is about to end. Your mm -hmm. world will never be the same. This is a disaster. And only I am on your side. <laughs> okay? That's fine. If people want to do that, if that's what they want to be, it's not, come on, man. Relax. <laughs> They're going to play football next fall. If you want the chicken little, go find another podcast. We ain't going to do it here. At least I'm not. I don't think Pat no. is. No. They're no. going to play football. A really talented quarter receiver is going to be in, in USC, not Pitt. Oh, my God. Pitt will never be good. They haven't been good in years. <laughs> this uh. kid left a better team to play for a worse team. Now he thinks it's better. How do we even know it's all because of NIL, too? That's what every school. Well, we only lost our guy because of NIL. Maybe the kid wants to go live in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he likes the weather. Maybe he's like, I'm not doing one more year of this. Maybe it's like, I don't know if Keaton Slovis is any good. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be the a top 10 draft pick. He's worried about Keaton Slovis' hand size. He might be. <laughs> and meanwhile, I don't know. I mean, if he's friends with Caleb Williams, he, he knows Caleb Williams is good. He's, you know, they're friends. He knows I mean. Yeah. So he's saying, man, I'm taking my shot here. And 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 the the crying and the weeping and the playing to the people's—it's just like, come on, good lord! How many how many times have we seen it? With every creeping advance comes the this the is going to end smashing of the panic button. Yes, go D three. We're yeah. gonna have to go D three. <laughs> and then once it comes, like, well, I was always I was always in favor of some guys making money, just not like this. Yeah, <laughs> the man, the kid watched his position coach. And yeah. his offensive coordinator leave for more money. No one say a peep. Does he sit there going, gee, maybe the reason they're making more money and going to a bigger job is because of me. <laughs> yeah. Mark, Mark Whipple's been around a long time. He's a pretty good coach. But why didn't Nebraska want him two years ago? Right. Yeah. Because he me and Kenny he made him a lot of money. Yeah. So maybe yeah. he sit there going, well, everyone else is leaving. I'm out of here. Maybe I, this whole presumption that, oh, he's only leaving for money. The kid just wants money. USC's just throwing money at him. That's all it is. It's like, yeah, welcome to America. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bet that the most common reason for job movement in America is your paycheck size. We've said this all the time. If you're if you're talking to somebody and they go, well, why'd you switch? Well, hey, why'd you switch companies? Give me a 10% raise. Oh, man, mm -hmm. got to do it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't think the people that tweet that out, like, oh, you know, USC's just throwing the bag around, that 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 doesn't quite hit as, as what it used to about 10 years ago, right? Like, that that opinion Oh, is, no. Right. Because then... <clears throat> great. Good. Fine. Sweet. That's, you know, <laughs> well, then it was some people supposedly playing by the rules and some people not. Now, look, there are no rules for the moment. So, charge through that loophole to the best and, of your ability and see and what happens. It's bottom line now. This is cutthroat. All anyone cares about is winning. What <laughs> sport have you been watching? Yeah. <laughs> Did you think Nevin Shapiro was just thought the best place for those guys to get their education and was the University of Miami, which he didn't even attend? 
Who do you think he wanted to win? <laughs> do you think when Clemson built the miniature golf course that they thought, <laughs> well, we just think these young men should have access to miniature golf because it would help their quality of life? Or we've was it going to help them sign guys? What skin? I mean, we've had steroids for decades, Toradol, no show classes, grade fixing. You know, guys who are criminal backgrounds getting their 14th opportunity in a campus, everything that goes into it. That's that's the mix. My personal life coach and spiritual leader, the right Reverend Barry Switzer, is in the College Football <laughs> Hall of Fame, for God's sake. <laughs> yes, And you're going to come to me and say, that's it. This sport's out of control now. <laughs> what? Uh, that's the guy that got me excited about college football. <laughs> Come on. What are we talking about? The world's going to end because this guy is going to make a couple bucks going to USC when the sport is structurally set up to pay off some former Sugar Bowl CEO, 1.7 million in 2020, where the former Big Ten commissioner has got one of those like Russian oligarch yachts parked in Chicago or something. Because he just said, how about 20 mil for me? I want you to peel, I want you to break that off. But now we're upset. <laughs> the world will go on. The talent will disperse. The sport is completely lopsided now. It'll get better. I, it sucks for Pitt. I totally get it. Yeah. You're a Pitt fan. That sucks. Yeah. But this is where you're at. Nobody was trying to fight the system 15 years ago when they're trying to set it up. This kid's got every right to go pursue his dream and make his money and set him and his family up for the best that they want, whether it's the short money of an NIL deal or the idea that he's going to get showcased better to be a top pick in the draft. I saw a great tweet coming off the draft talking about Justin Ross and how he was a first-round draft oh. pick, slam dunk a couple of years ago, goes undrafted. Go get your money now. You never know what's going to happen. No. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I mean if it was your kid, come on. Sure. And I get like there's a thing like with fans and and even people at certain universities they they love their university right absolutely love their university and they have this connection and this emotional connection it's all great not everyone has that I could care less about my alma mater oh that that's well documented I I, di I didn't even attend the graduation I just <laughs> left some people go to schools and don't care some people do that's fine but not everyone is going to share your affinity with that's the apple tree where i met your mom right <laughs> <laughs> that's fine but maybe this kid didn't have the same feeling i don't know the sport is not going to end because some guys are going to transfer for this they've been transferring because someone has tampered and paid them under the table for 70 years it's just above the table. You're going to see the numbers. The numbers are going to get crazy. It's like NBA free agency every summer. You go, wait, that dude's making 12 million? He doesn't even play. Well, that's how much money's out there. Be wary of your chicken littles, man. It's going to be great. On like what September 1 or, you know, September 3rd, Ohio State's going to play, going to host Notre Dame, and we're all going to be watching. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, but Pittsburgh's going to lose to West Virginia because they don't have a deep threat, Dan. It sucks for Pitt fan. I get that. But if you step back from Pitt fan, this is the right. sport. Get with the times. They need to do a few things for sure. But this whole idea that the world is ending or this is somehow different. 
is that's just, the big thing is just, yes the, the fact that i mean it's just all public now and we all know about it it's all about money like i said what was the 20 million for delaney <laughs> i your, your point about whipple and brennan marion's a great one though i mean he did watch the guys on his own staff take cash in on a big season and go somewhere else and that's i mean who, who was responsible for that big season yeah right the guy who was the fred Belitnikov winner and kenny pickett who went yeah. and got drafted. In the and Kenny Pickett got a lot round. better when the Blitnikoff guy was there. He did. He sure did. Do you think there's an apple tree on the campus of Pittsburgh? That might be the problem. You know, that's pretty urban. Well, might have met like an L.A. A couple big buildings, you know. So, I mean, he, he maybe, had no opportunity to meet his future wife under the apple tree. There's no apple tree at Pittsburgh. If they love football at Pitt, they'll build an apple orchard. My other introducing their players to the various co-eds there. My mother, my other mentor, Jerry Tarkanian, recruit the girlfriend, <laughs> get the girlfriend a scholarship, bring the girlfriend along. He lost George Gervin. Jerry Tarkanian was coaching Long Beach State. He had George Gervin, the Iceman, coming from Detroit to go to Long Beach State. He was on campus for a week. George skipped town, went back and enrolled <laughs> in Eastern Michigan because of his girlfriend. Wow. And then they broke, and then he got finally got him on the phone, Tark said. And George said they broke up like a week later. But it was <laughs> by that point, it was too late. <laughs> Greatest player in the history of Eastern Michigan, oh. George Gervin. Like, what well, was he prized? Top 75, right? Oh, he's got it. He was on that 75. Yeah. One of the greatest players Led of all time. the NBA in scoring one year, scored 63 in a game. Finger and Tark roll, said after that, man. Yeah. girlfriend's coming too. We find somewhere to get her a scholarship. <laughs> of course. But it's but but now it's all now it's out of control. <laughs> this is supposed to be about education. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. I mean, fine. Do the Delaney. I dare you. <laughs> T three, baby. Yeah. Mount ahead. Union versus Ohio State. Let's do it. <laughs> like, there's the University of Chicago, and there's all the rest of you guys. Well, we'll see. I, I mean, that's uh, Swarbrick. Uh, Kind of rattled that saber a little bit as well with me. Yeah, good you know, luck. He said, "Good luck." Top fifty academically. Like I said, we'll not see. happening. Not well, happening. We'll find out. I maybe, doubt it. Maybe not. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to the season, Pat. I'm not ready to swear out. I'm never watching again. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> good for you. If that Buckeye Irish game is pretty good that night, I think you're watching. Yeah, about think 10, we'll. 11 million people be watching. I think so. Now, Ohio State might just absolutely destroy them. Uh, um, it's possible, <laughs> but <laughs> we will see. how is Notre Dame loading up for this next recruiting class? 2023 N I L rings a bell. They've got their collective going. So, you know, and, and, and what was the one thing Notre Dame always, we can't get players. We don't cheat. Okay. Well, okay. Let's take them at their word because they certainly had a long track record of not being able to get the best player. <laughs> now they can pay. Hey, yep. Notre Dame's back. Is that bad or good? Seems good to me. A little more fair. Yeah, a little more interesting for college football. I got the number one, number one pick 2023 draft. Can you guess, Pat, the betting odd favorite for that spot? I know who I would make it, uh, but Bryce Young, two, CJ Stroud, three, and then the guy who should be Will Anderson. CJ Stroud plus 200. Okay. Number uh, next is Bryce Young at plus 250. Mm -hmm. Will Anderson. As you said, linebacker at Alabama plus three hundred. I give me, give me a few dollars on Will Anderson at plus three hundred. All right, 
they drop back uh, Paris Johnson plus 900, the Ohio State O-lineman. Jackson Smith and the Jigba, Ohio State wide receiver. Phil Jerkovic, Boston College QB, and Tyler Van Dyke, the Miami QB, are both at 1,600. Mm-hmm. Spencer Rattler, who was the betting favorite a year ago to be the number one pick of the 2020. He's back on the list, but at plus 1800 South Carolina. That's now, good. Not okay. He wasn't even good enough to be the starting quarterback on his own team last year. And now yeah. people they they want people to bet on him to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Come on. These I can't awesome things see that happening to that. They're just stealing South Carolina fan money right now. That's, that that's how close. That's how crazy it is, though. Imagine that CJ Stroud doesn't finish the year or Bryce Young doesn't finish the year as a starter. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's how, you know, that's their list. I, I would have like maybe Jalen Carter, from Georgia, Nolan uh, Smith, some of those guys. I don't think they go one, but you got to have a intrigues me as a quarterback is Tanner McKee from Stanford. Big, good arm, smart guy. Uh, I don't know, inconsistent. I, yeah, Jalen Carter will be eligible. And six three three ten, and a lot of people thought he was better than Jordan Davis. So then there's my pick, Eric Gilbert. You got to <laughs> be number. <laughs> He's going to break the Kyle Pitts record for the highest highest tight end yeah, ever drafted. Tight end, tight end, Georgia. Thinking twenty three touchdowns next uh, year. Georgia, a little more draft from last year, or last weekend. Georgia breaks the draft record, 15 picks. Unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah, that, uh, that's, a, that's a massive number. But, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I, look, I was on that train the whole season. Watch, when I watched them against Clemson, I was like, oh, my God, that defense is ridiculous. And then you throw in some great offensive linemen, some very good running backs, George Pickens at wide receiver. They had pros all over the place. I mean, that... That was the most talented team in the country, period. Um, now, next year, I expect Alabama per, probably to be back to being the most talented team in the country, All period. 15 went in the first six rounds. Didn't even need the seventh round to do it. John Fitzpatrick went 213th overall. Uh, the current seven-round format is uh, began in the mid-'90s. Uh, Ohio State in 2004 and LSU in 2020 each had 14. So that was the previous record. That's how uh, even Ed Orgeron won a national championship. With that 15 pace, the SEC, which had 65 picks, uh, tying the record from last year, Big Ten at 48, uh, and then it falls off uh, significantly. How many did the Big 12 end up with after being 25. locked out of the first round again? 25, Pac-12 at 21, the ACC at 19, the American at 11, Mountain West 8, the Missouri Valley at 6. Yeah, good football league. Good football, um, one double A. Yeah, that that's that's especially bad for the ACC to have nineteen with fourteen teams in it. I mean, it's not <laughs> uh, not great for the Pac twelve. How many the Pac twelve have? Do they count the? Do they they can't count Notre Dame's guys this year? No, right? no. But <laughs> Notre Dame I, had well, there were three independents. I assume they were all Notre yeah, Dame's, maybe not. But I'm sure, yeah, they were all Notre Dame. They had three guys picked, right? But the like so per capita, the ACC was the weakest for this draft class. For the power five. Nine were at Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. Man. Five in the top 100. Two things about this. One, incredible job by Luke Fickle and his staff. Uh, That is amazing recruiting Mm -hmm. and development. Yep. You take a kid like Sauce Gardner, who was tall and lanky and coming from a school that everyone from Detroit King, where every Big Ten school is recruiting and watching film of. Yeah. And you get him. They get them. Yep. Nobody else sees it or like or whoever else saw it. They beat them out. 
because uh, you look at them now and you're like, how the hell did did like Michigan State not grab this kid? Right. Yeah. I mean, let alone Michigan or or Ohio State. But how how did this is not a kid who's at some just off the rails school? No, not at all. That's that. Three things there. You mentioned two of them: recruiting, development. But the third thing: retention. You keep those guys as you're developing them. They're they're not transferring out. They're buying in, saying, "Hey, let's make Cincinnati as good as we can." And they made them into a playoff team. They broke the ceiling. So everything about that. I mean, what, just what a triumph for Cincinnati to have had the season they had, to have kept Luke Fickle, and then to have nine guys drafted. Are you kidding me? That's unbelievable. Five in the top hundred. Interesting uh, school in the Big Ten with the most picks. Can you guess? It's not Ohio State. Nor well, was your champion Michigan. Okay. Penn State. Penn State, boy. Oh, that's right. I did see. Yeah, that that was an underachieving eight, team. Eight picks, uh, one first, two second. A Clemson Tigers, two players drafted. Yeah, that that was pretty stark after some of the runs they've had. To all of a sudden, like. I mean, and they've got some young guys. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna get guys picked next year. That that number will go up, but still, that was that was a big talent dip there. But Penn State, yeah. which went seven and six, had the most players picked. That team underachieved, no doubt about it. Lost Iowa, lost at home to Illinois in the worst overtime game in American history. <laughs> Eight picks, they couldn't get a two point conversion. That's right. Lost Ohio State, lost to Michigan, lost to Michigan State, lost to Arkansas badly in the bowl game. Yeah, I, being an NFL draft pick does not necessarily mean, you know, it's not a, not a one-to-one correlation, right? But no. some of these major things like, yeah, Cincinnati actually was really good. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the NFL thinks these guys, the NFLs, they will draft anyone. There's no bias. Right. Like they'll draft you from wherever the hell you're from. And if they got nine of them thought that Bearcat's pretty good and that's why they, you know, you're in the playoff and they did a good job coaching. It's like half, half our starters you got 22 starters, almost half of them or whatever, 40-something percent are, are in the NFL, or at least picked. And that's, you know, top 270, 270 picks. Programs that were blanked, Power 5, can you name a couple? Texas. Texas was blanked. Okay, cool, hook them. Yeah, yeah, nice, okay, nice cool, job by the horns. I mean, they were, they were not, they were 5-7. and seven. Transition, coaching change hurt them, obviously. But holy moly, to have nobody get picked. That's uh, for Texas, man. It's just un. It's impossible. It really is. Like just somewhere along the line, I'm gonna. You know, you should have signed. Let me go back. 2019 class. Like somebody you signed should have been. They were the number four recruiting class in 2019. Yeah, including a five go? star and 15 four stars. Your five star was Brew McCoy. Oh, uh, that's Bru- a story. Yeah, Brew McCoy's been all over. That's yeah, that that one that one you could see trouble coming with that one and it has not worked out well for him yet. That was a last day signing too. I'm always wary of yeah, the last right. day. Guys. And that but was like, back and forth and him and USC and he's remember in, he's a out. college basketball coach saying to me once, the way you come in is the way you go out. Like the <laughs> if the guys list not not a lot of drama on the recruitment, I'm committed. You know, just general recruitment and then all of a sudden says, you know, all right, I've seen enough. I'm going with you. Mm-hmm. Like your your odds of getting the guy to pan out is pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you have that many guys and just never, just nobody pans out. That's pretty bad. I'll give you the others. Arizona, Colorado, Duke, yeah. oh, real Northwestern. No surprises in any of those. Yeah, three. Vandy. 
Louisville. Talk about a program fall off the cliff. Yep. Now they're doing a little better in transferring and recruiting right now, but um, yeah, I mean, but consider it, the talent they had five years ago for them to go to go over. Well, they they slow. bottomed out with the Petrino. You know, stopped bringing in talent. It was like he got Lamar Jackson said, "I'm done here," and then uh, you know it's taken Satterfield a while to go from App State recruiting to Louisville recruiting, and they. Had some, some players come and go, but yeah, they they are getting better now. But you can a lot of times with these coaching changes, and especially when a program craters under the old coach, uh, it's going to show up in a uh, few da- years down the road, recruiting wise. Also, let's see who else didn't have one: uh, Syracuse, TCU, and West Virginia. Mm. Yeah, the West Virginia again. That's another one. Coaching change. Uh, things had gone sour with Dana Holgerson. You bring in Neil Brown, 2019. Where's it going to show up down the road? Three years, four years down the road, where that's where the, you had holes in the the old class and the new class coming in, and that's how you end up with no picks. Nebraska football breaking the law. Bunch of cheats up there. <laughs> kind of sad when you had a season like you just had and you get busted for cheating. Yeah. Not only that, they, <laughs> yeah, that's, that is insult to injury. Right. They had too many coaches. They, they went over their countable coaches. The university football head coach and NCAA enforcement staff agreed that a former football special teams analyst provided technical or tactical instruction to student athletes during practices and film sessions. He also assisted in tactical decisions during games. Because he was a non-coaching staff member, his instruction of student athletes caused the program to exceed the number of permissible coaches in violation of NCAA rules. I have two quick points on that. One, to go back to our original point, how much money does college football have that they have people on the staff who are coaches that don't coach? Okay. (laughs) Maybe we're bloated. Maybe we're bloated. I don't know. Two, how the hell did they tell that Nebraska was getting extra coaching? (laughs) When they They looked like they got too little coaching, let's be honest. Having attended the season opening debacle at Illinois last year, and watching that train wreck of a team out there, I was like, holy, what did they do all offseason? Apparently, they were breaking rules, but not doing it very well. Because holy crap, that was not a well-coached team. But that's the thing, dear Dan, too. You know, we we have to have bigger staffs. We got to have, you know, we can, the players are getting money. Oh, my God. But meanwhile, we need nine analysts over here. <laughs> we need the recruiting support staff. We got to have all these things. We can't have our full-time assistant coaches wasting all their time on recruiting when they need to be coaching. So we need this whole other staff to recruit. Okay. Well, get what you get. Does it? Yeah. I mean, does it seem odd when you have uh, coaches that don't coach? <laughs> does anyone go? Maybe, maybe we should have uh, cut the players in a little bit, give them a little something, something, so they didn't go. So we lose every single federal lawsuit when when we sat around and said, you know, we have so many coaches that they're not allowed to coach some of them. <laughs> <laughs> the NCAA had to create a rule to prohibit schools having too many coaches coaching. Oh, yeah. We blew through that that red flag, and no one said, maybe we should just recognize them as a union. It's probably it's going to be a super weak union anyway. We, you know, give c- c- them a little something here and there. So they stopped suing us. No, no. We now need, you need a 47-person staff to possibly get all the work done. Very That's- funny penalty though for scott frost what are you at a one-year show cause order okay so don't do it again uh for the head football coach plus a five-day suspension from all coaching duties during 
quote, the championship segment of the 2022 football season, end quote. What's the championship segment? I assume after the regular season. I guess so. So like. If so, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) On the chance a meteor strikes Earth, we have the same probability of a meteor destroying Lincoln as in Nebraska winning the Big Ten West and playing for the Big Ten Championship. He's not even going to be on campus. (laughs) You are suspended from coaching the practices ahead of the Big Ten Championship game. Okay. (laughs) Frankly, yeah, let's if if. This season goes the way the last four seasons have gone. He ain't going to be around by <laughs> November. Even if they have a good year. They're not <laughs> winning the, I mean, the, the championship segment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, at. let's say they go nine and three. Great job. Get an extension. You're doing great. I mean, that's hysterical. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a, a good one. one. I, I, think, uh, <laughs> I have an important update from another ongoing saga. Uh-oh. Tyler Peebles, he wanted credit for passing this along to me. He is a resident of Flomaton, Alabama. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Peebles. So when we say we have people everywhere, we we pull up the lawnmower bandits of (laughs) Flomaton, Alabama. And sure enough, a guy like Tyler texts right in. Bang. (laughs) He wanted to provide an update because as a concerned citizen of Flomaton, now there we go. Recall, Flomaton, right on the right on the Florida border. Right on the Florida border, and this is, becomes interesting. We 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 actually sniffed this out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if you recall, the a woman was uh, on a lawnmower, <laughs> towing a little cart, and she stole an Alabama Crimson Tide lawn sign and put it in her little cart, and stole the lawnmower, and then ran <laughs> off. But there was uh, security camera footage of her. And we're not sure how the hell they didn't catch up and get her. It's not exactly the Dukes well, of Hazard down right. there in Flomaton. That is a low speed chase. <laughs> when I when I thought of Southern Justice, it was like these guys are flying over uh, jumps <laughs> yeah. and stuff, trying to get Bo and Luke Duke, even though they know where he they live. <laughs> so it's like why does never get him? Why does Roscoe P. Train not just go over to the Duke's house? <laughs> they, how many General Lees are there running around this town? But anyway, the Lawnmower Bandits. Uh, this is from Chief Charles Thompson on the uh, Facebook page of Flomaton Police. If you uh, crime tips at Flomaton, Flomaton, what the heck? Flomatonal.org. I'm sorry. Crime tips. We have now charged nine individuals with their involvement. What? Yeah. Oh my God. It's a lawnmower crime ring. It is unbelievable. Burglaries are not very common in our town. Instead of gone in 60 seconds, it's gone in 60 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Floor it, honey. I am. We're going four Uh, miles an hour. We couldn't even catch a a woman on a a lawnmower. Uh, Burglaries are not very common in our town. With all these cases being reported and solved in the past weeks, I stress to our citizens, security cameras are a must in today's time. Anyway, they have uh, charged a bunch of people, the burglar in the third degree, and theft of property in the fourth degree. But they have not at court at this time. The subjects listed are are, are still out. They have not been arrested, but they Whoa. know who did it. Uh, and the the sub the suspects are all from I mean, they're presumed innocent. Okay. Uh, are all from Florida. Oh, they they're did crossing cross state the lines. Border. Oh, Madonna uh, Barnhill, 
Michael Adams, and Jonathan McKinley. You got some explaining to do up there in Flomaton. <laughs> they from Century, Florida? That's right below the state. That's the Florida side of the border. Century, FLA. They re, uh, the Flomaton police report received a report. Police department received a report of a burglary that occurred at a residence on Ring Gold Street in Flomaton, Alabama. That's a tough neighborhood. I mean, that's, you know, it's tough. A photo was taken of a person riding a lawnmower away from the location by a bystander. The Department of Investigation began the work, was able to find the subject, did in fact drive the lawnmower down multiple streets, ultimately traveling into Florida. It was found that a lawnmower, a lawnmower trailer, and various other items were stolen from the residence. The home was entered by breaking a lock with a bolt cutter style tool. So we should wow. be, I mean, it's okay. burglary tool. Madonna Barnhill. Interstate crime. Bunch of Seminole fans, huh? Might even be. This might be a federal crime now when you cross the state cross, lines. Don't cross don't the lines. Yeah, they always get you on wire. The uh, Mail fraud. Everything's mail oh, yeah. fraud. Yeah, yeah. Everything's mail fraud. So, yeah, look. I mean, Canoe is to the west of Flomaton. I'm sure that's a high crime area. Now you've got <laughs> Century breaking out down there in Florida. I mean, this, jeez, the people of Flomaton better buckle up. Flomaton. There you go. So, uh, appreciate the updates uh, yeah. on that one. Uh, and so hopefully we can report an arrest at some point. Get these people off the street. That's right. These menaces to society. The crime ring of nine people complicit in stealing a lawnmower. Some woman comes by looking to mow your lawn for. Yeah. Asks she answers to Madonna. <laughs> crime tips at flomatonal.com. There you go. I uh, highly encourage it. Uh, if Look, at if, if these uh, if these guys, the the. The lawnmower crew is out for too long. Perhaps the police down there, perhaps the chief could um, enlist a duck. Pat, how about this headline that got sent to us? This is the most sent to us story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, People know us so well. Pet duck leads police to body of missing woman. (laughs) Granddaughter charged with murder. (laughs) Pat, a duck, a pet duck solved the murder. Let's get the dateline going on this. A pet yeah. duck led police to crack the case of a missing North Carolina grandmother who vanished over two years ago and led to murder charges against the victim's granddaughter and grandson-in-law. Sullivan will be 93 Carolina? today if she's still where? Uh, yeah, somewhere where people have pet ducks. Buncombe yeah. County. I don't know if it's near that Cluck Norris. <laughs> it's you know, I mean, nobody messes with. Cluck Norris. But, All right. So Wamsley uh, and Barnes are the ones that have arrested. Uh, they've been under guest de- they're under investigation since the death. Uh, mm-hmm. At first, they're arrested on a variety, variety of charges, including animal cruelty, drug possession, and all that. But now they've been con- uh, charged with concealing a death, uh, both of them. A breakthrough in the case came April 14th when a pet duck dashed under a trailer in Chandler, <laughs> which led its owners to discover a container holding Sullivan's body. So the duck sniffed out a body that had been dead for two years in a container wow duck dashed we have a dashing duck too dashing mm. duck would you think um this must i mean i mean i think with the, there must be no neighbors right like I, I would guess you would think that there would be uh you know if my some, neighbor had a dead body in the container <laughs> in the backyard for two years two at years? some point yeah that probably smell that but then again we don't have pet ducks around here as far as i know see so. see Look how much, if you had a pet duck, you'd know a lot more about your neighborhood. Maybe that's uh, that's what I should get. Uh, I think the Flomaton police could use, definitely use several. So there you go, pet duck. We do not have a name of the duck. Oh, we nope. need one. Not Donald, not Daffy, but the NCIS 
franchise is kind of like out of ideas, you know? Like, <laughs> maybe this is the next one. NCIS Quack Attack or whatever. You NCIS Flomaton. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to help the Hollywood screenwriters as you as you attempt to churn out one more NCIS uh, spinoff. I, I say look, look for the ducks. All right. And finally, last one. This is the last one. I want to know, would you do would would you buy this house? Okay. Okay. A house in Fairfax County, Virginia it has to be sold as is. I saw the picture of the house. Eight hundred and five thousand. Very nice little house. Nice white house. Nice yard. Eh, lawn could use a little work. Lawn, <laughs> call <go>. Madonna. <laughs> um, but an, an older person lived in the house. So, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. See how my lawn looks when I'm when I'm when I'm really old. Um No, I think you'll be worse. You'll be insufferable. Yeah. I could be out there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the listing says this. No access to see the lower level and home is sold as is. These are all in caps. Only with the acknowledgement that the home will convey a person living in the lower level with no lease in place. <laughs> this is on Zillow. <laughs> so there is a squatter <laughs> living in the basement of the house. Uh, 3,500 square foot house in a nice suburban neighborhood. Would you buy a house if there is a squatter? Now, apparently, this was someone who did gave clean the, the house of this guy and then eventually tricked him or convinced him into letting her live in the basement for free. Wow. And she is claiming squatter's rights. <laughs> Would you buy a house if the basement had someone living in it for free? Well, I have to admit, I didn't even know squatter's rights were still a thing. Like, I thought that was like the Oklahoma land rush. You know, from the 1800s, I, I did not know we were well, still uh, using that as as a legal like. The legality thing. is 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 questionable because in Virginia, a person has to live in a place for 15 years and not hide the fact they're living. So if you if you make it 15 years in a day, you can just claim the joint. Here we go. Uh, this the, is a- the woman says for the first time in a long time, the grass was cut and the yard was clean when she moved in. Yeah, she <laughs> apparently helped out and kept okay. it going, and then she but she's only been there a few years. But this guy only wants to sell the house if the woman can stay. Wow. Boy, does she have him snookered. Holy moly. Heck of a deal for her. Um, I have a very, very hard time coexisting with somebody next to me on an airplane for an hour. I sure <laughs> as hell am not going to coexist with somebody living in the basement forever. No, no, no. I do not want that house. Not for 800 grand. That's for sure. Yeah, hell no. I mean, even if it's like half off for the neighborhood or something. Mm-mm. I mean, Mm-mm. I mean, I suppose if a house is big enough. Yeah, but no, 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 like no, a, no. Like no. an absolute estate kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, right. If, it's, if, if it was big enough that, yes, you could cordon her off in a separate wing that where you didn't even have to know she existed, maybe. And if she was a good cook and maybe slid a few meals under the door or something. Okay. Ah, but, now we're talking. Yeah, now we're talking. You know, maybe that's it. During the interview, the interview process, make me a, a day's worth of meals, and we'll we'll see about it. Here we go. All right. Appreciate everyone listening. Continue to subscribe. Leave us nice. Share us on social media. We are going to be your non-chicken little podcast here as the, <laughs> as the game goes on. It's going if, to if you, be okay. Yeah. If y'all want a chicken little back at us, that's fine. We'll listen to you. We may mock yell you on the next podcast. We say we're all wrong. We don't love the game. We're what? I don't know what. All the stuff. Nobody can but, see this coming. Yeah, people are going to transfer, and some of it's going to be financially based. But it's okay. Sport will go on. It's going to be fine. 
This is not the threat. This is no, not the not. threat. The hey, game is now about money. <laughs> okay. Shocker. As an added bonus, I will give you the Kentucky Derby winner in our next podcast later this week. Oh, here we go. Soup and sandwich? <laughs> I'll also, yes, we will discuss the names as well. Is soup and sandwiches, he can't, can't run twice, right? Oh, hell no. No. He is still running, though. He's still out there. That complete okay. affront to equine uh, respectability. We're going to get Pat fired up about names. Oh, yeah. Horse names. All right. That's next time. Derby week coming. You're in the Louisville area. You might see Pat at a bar. Even <laughs> more so than possible. normal. <laughs> Talk to you later.